0: For the last five years that I have been privileged to be back at Pine Castle in my retirement days, I have had the pleasure of listening to Will Fillingham preach because Pastor Scott considers Will one of his best buddies. Uh, Will used to have a church here in Castleberry uh, he now has, uh, he's the senior pastor of the Bridge Foursquare Church in Christianburg, Virginia. And Will and his wife, Junice, have four children. In addition to his role as husband, father, and pastor, Will enjoys any time outdoors he can find, especially when the time involves hunting or fishing with his family or Scott George. Uh, he, uh, he enjoys the, the rural lifestyle uh, where he lives on a four-acre, not a 40-acre, right? Is it four? Four, four? What does that matter? That's a lot of land. Mine's 100 by 50. Four-acre farm up there in southwest Virginia. Uh, as I said, Will and Scott have been friends for many, many years, and they enjoy uh, hunting and fishing together. So, would you please make welcome, Pastor Will, today, and pray for him as he comes. God bless. <laughs> All right, buddy.
1: Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Pastor John, and thank you, Pinecastle family, for having me today. It's good to be back in Florida. I brought some of our weather down from Virginia. Y'all can thank me for that. And uh, yeah, we brought a little bit of cool. But bit- be thankful; it was 27 this morning in Virginia. So. You guys are having a heat wave here, right? Yeah, Pastor Scott and I go way, way back. Um, I moved to Orlando, 1995, and uh, I was a young man. My life was all messed up, and somebody took me to Pastor Scott George's church, and I began to get my life right with the Lord. He began to mentor me. He began to disciple me. Um, I began to babysit his children. I think that's really what he wanted. He was looking for a free babysitter. I obliged, I hung his Christmas lights for him. Uh, I assembled his garden shed for him. I could tell you story after story. But how many know the best discipleship happens through relationship? I think I learned more in my one-on-one time with Scott George at his house than I ever did through his preaching, although that was incredible as well. But relationship births discipleship And so I am very, very honored to call Pastor Scott my pastor. He's probably invested and poured more into me than any other man or woman of God in my Christian life. And my wife and I, years later, ended up planning a church uh, up in Castleberry. We lived in Altamont. I was a Florida resident for 17 years. We were called and asked if we would moved to Christiansburg, Virginia, which I call the Montana of the East Coast. And uh, it is in the mountains of Southwest Virginia. We are just uh, right down the road from Virginia Tech. Go Hokies. And uh, we love our college football up there. So I flew down Friday, and I have a 6 o'clock flight back tomorrow morning to be with my family. But again, honored to be with you all. And I'm trying to figure out, Scott got a trip to Greece for his 10-year anniversary. Uh, This is my 10-year anniversary um, at my church. Uh, Maybe your board members could call my board members or something here like, I like this. I I might have to become a Methodist maybe. I don't know. Okay. Um, (laughs) Hey, today I want to talk to you about protecting your pea patch. And isn't that just a goofy title for a sermon? Protecting your pea patch. You all were given a little vial full of peas, black-eyed peas today. Hold on to those. I'll I'll let you know what they're for just in a moment. But we're going to talk about protecting your pea patch. And I want to let you know that... uh, my wife and I planted our first church in, I believe it was 2004, and this was in Castleberry. But it was just crazy uh, trying to get the church planned. Even years before that, we moved to Colorado to plant a church. Uh, we weren't successful. We ended up coming back to the Orlando area. We planted the church. The church was just crazy. When you're a church planner, you're just signing up for misery. That's not a bad thing, but it is a bad thing, Right. Like the numbers were low, the finances were low, we could never find a building. Uh, we had a woman attempt suicide in our building, and that really messed with me, that messed with my head. Um, we ha- I had ushers that would show up drunk, like literally, I, I don't know if that happens here, but it happens in Castleberry. Um, <laughs> I, I, had, I had ushers empty out all the cash out of our offerings. Um... The reason why you're probably thinking, why would you go through all this? We had over 75% salvation conversion rate at our church when we planted it. We were bringing people in who were raw, like they knew nothing about God. So you got to put up a little few things, right? You got offerings got to be robbed every now and then. People come in drunk. I had, a, I had a naked woman run through a board meeting one time. Literally, no lie. I, I just I had a woman one time show up drunk at a funeral. I had to physically carry her out of a funeral. We had the cops called to our church. And there was just all these stories of adversity and everything that we're going through as young pastors, and I thought, man, surely it can't get any worse than that. Somebody said, hold my beer, 2020's here, (laughs) right? (laughs) Then 2020 comes along, and I'm thinking, how much worse can it get, and how how many have fond memories of 2020? There's no hands in the house, is there? 2020 just stunk. You know, COVID hit and, and, and the masks and uh, uh, Wuhan and the fighting and then the church fighting and then the racial tensions and Ahmad Arbery and George Floyd. And then it just happened to have to be an election year, right? Like any year but 2020 to be an election year. And as a pastor, uh, election years are like the one year every year I just want to take a 12-month sabbatical. Like I do not want to be a pastor on presidential election years. And so everything's coming at me with the election and people telling me, Pastor, you got to say this from the pulpit. No, you should say this from the pulpit. And you just, I'm being torn and pulled. On top of it, um, one of my brothers, I have uh, three brothers. One of my brothers passed away from alcoholism. I had to be in part of his funeral and speak. Less than six weeks later, my father died of COVID out in Montana. He was 89 years old. And this, and I hadn't even got to the November 5th election yet, right? And so by the time I turned the corner and got into January of this year, I was just exhausted. But there's something I've learned through all that. Whether it was church planning, whether it was dealing with the adversity and the attack of the enemy that comes against every one of us. I know y'all have your own stories too. We all do. That's something we share in commonality with one another Everything that I've learned has come through the difficult years of my life. And those are the years, watch this, those are the years that the enemy was trying to bully me. Say bully. That's like a Hebrew word, I think. He tried to bully me off of my calling and off of my assignment. Your children's pastor this morning, she brought it out to the attention of the kids. That's why we have our weapons of warfare, because the enemy wants to bully you off of your calling, off of your assignment. Y'all do realize you have an assignment, right? Come on, Sunday mornings isn't our assignment. We, We all have this assignment because we are kingdom Christians, right? We're not American Christians. Hello, somebody. We are kingdom Christians representing the kingdom of God on this earth to those who've never experienced God's kingdom. The devil does not like that. So he comes in, and he begins to bully us off of our assignment, and he begins to try to use fear tactics and and discouragement. But here's what I've learned. You have to know what you're called to. You have to know the the impact of your assignment so that you're not easily backed off of that assignment. Otherwise, I would have given up years ago, and I've thought many times, I've thought about giving up. But I know my assignment. Here it is. When facing adversity, know where God has planted you, what territory he has given you, and what calling or assignment lays ahead of you. I don't know you today. I don't know your age. I don't know your stage of life. But you have an assignment. And if you showed up this morning thinking, well, I go to church on Sunday mornings and I give. I'm doing really good. There is more for you in this kingdom. And the enemy is no longer, I'm declaring it today, he's no longer allowed to bully you off of your assignment. Be aware of your calling. Be aware of your assignment because you're going to have to make a stand against the devil to protect what God has given you as that assignment. Watch this. Your calling, your assignment will come with a cost, but the cost propels you into the calling. Let me say that one more time. Your calling comes with a cost. But the cost propels you into the calling. What what I carry today as a senior pastor in Christiansburg, Virginia, I did not have the shoulders to bear up under 20 years ago when I started out. The, the, The cost hadn't been great enough yet. The calling, the assignment hadn't been increased enough yet because I couldn't carry the weight that I carry today back then. But today my shoulders are broadened. 20 years from now my shoulders will be broadened more because of the assignment that God has in my life. There's some of you in here this morning that God has broadened your shoulders. Don't let the enemy bully you off your calling and off your assignment. It doesn't matter your age, your situation, your assignment. Be prepared to stand your ground and refuse to move. Can I get an amen this morning? Let's go to 2 Samuel. I want to back this up in God's word this morning. How many have ever heard of David's mighty men? David's mighty men. I, I want to talk. We're going to be in the 23rd chapter of 2 Samuel, verses 8 through 12. It's in your bulletin. You follow along. Please fill in the blanks. Uh, good morning to anybody who's watching this online. Are we live streaming this morning? Hey, good morning, live stream audience. Thank you for being here. Um, 2 Samuel 23. We're going to be in verses 8 through 12. And I, I want to talk about a story of a biblical hero, in my opinion, whose name is Shema. Shema's name means to astonish, desolation and astonishment, because he was one of David's mighty men, and he's a very important hero in the faith. Let's read this together, starting in verse 8, 2 Samuel 23. These are the names of David's mighty warriors. Josheb-Beshebeth, a Tekanamite, was chief of the three. He raised his spear against 800 men whom he killed in one encounter. Next to him was Eleazar, the son of Dodai, the Ahonite. And as one of the three mighty warriors, he was with David when they taunted the Philistines gathered at Pastamonim for battle. And the Israelites retreated, but Eleazar stood his ground. Say, stood his ground. He stood his ground and he struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired and it froze to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. The troops returned to Eleazar, but only to strip the dead. And here we are in verse 11. Next to him was Shema. Next to him was desolation, astonishment. And he was the son of Agi the Harite. And when the Philistines banded together at a place where there was a field of lentils. Everybody say pea patch. They gathered in a pea patch. Here it is. Israel's troops fled. But Shema took his stand in the middle of the field, and he defended it, and he struck the Philistines down, and the Lord brought about a great victory. Shema finds himself in the middle of a pea patch as an army of Philistines are madly rushing at him. They're coming at him. He's just standing there, and he looks around, and he sees all his fellow soldiers running. How, How would that make you feel? It's like the worst day of your life already. Somebody's coming into my pee patch, and all my buddies are running out of the pee patch and leaving me there alone. And and so they're running away. Just a little side note for you, always be aware of who's in your pee patch with you. Because that pee patch, that day that Shema stood his ground in, needed to be defended. It needed a defender. And in your life, there's things that need to be defended, There's things and assignments that God has placed upon you, and he's saying, I need you, sir, ma'am, to stand. I need you to defend this piece of ground. But you need to know, be aware, who's standing in your pee patch with you. Because not everybody's going to have the same conviction that you have. And when you think that there's going to be people there who, who are, I got your back, Pastor. I got your back, Bruce, Lisa. I'm with you guys. We're all standing together. And as soon as 2020 hits... Come on, can I just be honest for a second? There's nobody in my church watching this morning. They're all in service. When 2020 hit, I had people run. When when the elections rolled around, I had people run. When racial tensions came, I had people run. Everybody loves you until there's tension. Come on, if you don't believe me, Thanksgiving's coming up in just a few weeks. You all going to be experienced at the family dinner table. I, I've been told what a great church we have, what a great speaker, and the worship. And we love that my family's called here. Well, you didn't stand up and talk about my presidential candidate. We're leaving. We're going to another church. That's okay. This is my pea patch. You're not called to my pea patch, but I'm standing on my pea patch. And in my pea patch, it's God's kingdom. We're defending the kingdom of God. Amen, somebody. So, know who's in your pee patch. And if they run, let them run. Because ultimately, it's going to be God that brings the victory. It's not those who are running. It's not even you. God's going to bring the victory. Amen. So, at this moment, Shema has to make a decision. Will he live up to his name of desolation? Will he live up to his name of astonishment? Will he protect his pee patch, or will he run and flee with the crowd? Now, I I personally think that Shema's mind was already made up. Long before he ever had to stand on a pea patch, I think his character, his trust in the Lord, his God, mighty Jehovah was already established. I think that Shema had already seen David, the king that he served. I think he would saw all the miracles. He saw the work of God in David's life. He knew that David had slain the bear and the lion with his bare hands. He had heard the stories how God delivered Israel through David's slingshot. And Shema's faith was already established long before the Philistines came at him in that pea patch. Why is that pea patch so important? Because it was the life source for Israel. That was their provision. You don't just plant random pea patches. You plant fields of lentils and and go back and study theology. There was an ancient food in the Bible called pottage. And pottage was a soup, a blend of lentils, and that was the nourishment that the children of Israel ate. So if the enemy comes in, why did they want the peepats? They weren't after Shema. They wanted to cut off the life source. Hello, somebody. The enemy comes to take away your provision to cut off your life source. He doesn't come to attack you. He wants to attack the things that give you life. Let's just be honest this morning. How many have just ever woke up and said, I don't want to go to church? Come on now, get them hands up, every one of us. I'm the preacher. Sometimes I don't want to go, okay? How many have ever just like, I know I should pray, but I just don't want to pray. I know I should read my Bible. I should be in the Word. I just don't want to be in the Word. I know I should fast. I know I should worship. I know I should give. I know I should serve. I don't want to. Why? Because you let a devil in your pea patch. He's trying to cut off your source of strength and your source of life. He's trying to discourage you, but if he discourages you, guess what? He bullies you off of your assignments. So you got to know what you're standing for. you got to know what the pea patch represents. When everybody else is going to run and leave their source of provision, Shema stood his ground to protect his pea patch. Now, the devil wants to trample your pea patch this morning. Are you all with me? You need to right now, it's in your bulletin, identify what is my pea patch. Is it is it is, is it your church family? Is it your business? Are you business owner? Is it your family? Is it your children? Your grandchildren? Is it your what's your assignment? Come on. What are the things in your heart that God has just stirred up that you're passionate about? What are the non- negotiables in your life that you're not willing to back off because here's what's going to happen the enemy will come at you through others to get you off your pee patch the enemy will use culture to get you off of your pee patch the enemy will use social media to get you off of your pee patch here, here we go the enemy will use news networks to get you off your pee patch you all hear me that was worth repeating. You know, news networks, all they do is tell you who to be mad at. I don't let anybody tell me who to be mad at. Because when other voices come in and influence you, what are they do? They're trying to get you off of your pee patch. It's called bullying. And you can't. You've got to stand your ground today to protect your pee patch tomorrow. Don't walk in doubt. Don't walk in discouragement. Others are running. You know your assignment. You know your calling. My wife and I had to decide early on, we're either going to give up and walk away, or we're going to stand and defend. Now, I'll be honest, I quit every Monday morning for several years, but I always showed back up to work on Tuesday morning. Y'all been the same way, haven't you? It doesn't mean that we didn't get discouraged, but it means we still show up for the assignment. And you don't have to know everything to show up for the assignment. You just got to show up. I don't know everything I can't answer all the questions of culture I don't know why we live in an upside-down world right now, but I know that every morning I'm showing up to my pea patch with the Word of God and a passion and love for people To take the good news of God's kingdom to those who don't know Jesus Christ and have never experienced a community of church. Amen I need you to do that along with me today Ephesians 6 I love this because it unpacks the armor of God for the believer But verse 13 in Ephesians 6 is probably one of my favorites. It says, therefore put on the full armor of God, so when the day of evil comes, you may be able to do what? Come on, say it loud. You may be able to? And after you've done everything. Everything. Come on, say it. Stand. I, I don't understand the logic in it, but I love it. I after I've done everything and I just don't know anymore, God doesn't say, Will, you need to have a theological understanding of this situation. Will, you need to have more power and strength. Will, your faith isn't great enough. Have more faith. No, God says you've done everything. I just need you to stand. That's good news, man. To be a servant of God, sometimes I think we put too much on ourselves. God says just stand in your pea patch. Just stand. I'll show up. I'll do it. The battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord. He just needs you to stand in your pea patch. Now, I think Shema understood three critical principles for his pea patch that we can utilize in our lives today. So I call this the precepts of the pea patch. I like that, don't you? The precepts of the pea patch. It was the only other P word I could find that went with P-patch, so I used it. Precepts of the P-patch. This is how to stand your ground. This is what Shema teaches us. Number one, resolve. You have to commit to stand before the enemy ever comes at you. It's a decision you make now, not when the battle begins. Do you know how many of us, including myself throughout life, we wait till the battle's upon us and, and all hell is broke loose? And then we're calling everybody and saying, I need your prayers. Would you fast for me? I, would you call, I, call the pastor? We wait until we're in crisis to try to stand. Shema was able to stand because years before, he believed in the glory of God. So you have to resolve today, I don't know what's going to come at you this week, this year, next year, the next 10 years, God, no matter what happens, I'm standing on my pea patch, God. I'll do everything and I'm still going to stand. Because my prayers today will defeat my enemies tomorrow. Resolve. Uh, My oldest son just left for the military. Uh, He graduated high school last spring, and he wanted to go in the United States Air Force. He's only 17 years old. We had to sign his life over to the government, and uh, he doesn't turn 18 until December, so he enlisted, delayed entry, and... uh, Going into the Space Force, which makes me very proud as a dad, only 496 new recruits were accepted nationwide into the Space Force. (laughs) Newest branch of the military. He was one of them. He's going to be in cybersecurity. Yeah. Bless God. So this all started like back in March and April, the whole process. And uh, he got his call to ship out for boot camp on October 12th. So March and April, I would meet with my son Every day we would talk. I'm like Caden, you should probably work out. I'll be fine, Dad. Caden, you should probably do some sit-ups or push-ups. I'll be fine, Dad. Now my son, uh, he he's tall and he's lanky. He doesn't have a lot of upper body strength, but he's just his recruiter was like, "You'll be fine. You're gonna make it." And I'm like, "Son, I think you should probably." I'm reading on the internet like what they do. No, I'll be fine, Dad. For six or seven months, I'll be fine, Dad. Come on somebody, we do the same thing, I'll be fine." So October 12th comes around, or or actually it was like like October 1st, September 30th, I don't know, he got the phone call from the recruiter, and he quits his job on the same day he gets the phone call. And I'm like, don't quit your job, you need money. He's like, I need to work out. (laughs) I'm like, okay, in 12 days you're going to be ready for boot camp, yep. The boy worked out one day. He did one day of sit-ups, pull-ups, and push-ups, and that was it. He stayed in his bedroom, played video games for the next two weeks until his ship-out date. Now, why am I telling you that? Because there's only two teachers in life, wisdom and consequences. They both teach the exact same lesson. One you just learn sooner than the other. Are you all with me? My son chose consequences, the first two weeks, three weeks that he's been at boot camp, when he was allowed to call home, he called home in tears saying, Dad, I don't think I can do it. My body hurts so bad. My arms, my legs, my back. Dad, I just want to quit. He'd be in tears on the phone. His mom and I are in tears on the other end. When he would send a letter, it was just about how awful the physical training was at 4.30 a.m. every morning. Now, is he going to make it through boot camp? Yes, he's going to make it. He, he's turned the corner. We're hearing new strength in his voice. He just called me for, uh, this past Friday night, and, and he's less than a month to graduation now. But the point being, when he needed to have the resolve, he was unwilling to resolve himself to the task ahead of himself. Hey, I don't know about you, man, but I'm looking around the world right now, and the church doesn't need to wait any longer to resolve what we're going to fight for. We, we need to stand today and begin to fight for the kingdom of God and the values of God and, and the people who don't know Jesus Christ. I don't know how much longer we can let it get any worse. We, we have to blow up the concept of, of church as just a Sunday morning gathering when church is a force that needs to be released seven days a week in our neighborhoods, our classrooms, and our workplaces. That we have to be the love of God. Uh, Jesus incarnate through us to this world. We don't we need to wait for the phone call that says, hey, the rapture's happening in 12 days. Well, let's get ready real quick. We resolve today. Number two, I think Shema knew his reason. Not only do you have to have resolve, you got to know the reason you're fighting. What are you fighting for and what are you standing or, or why are you standing in your pea patch? Listen to me, this is important. Are we doing okay this morning? Is this all right? Don't fight every battle but fight the right battles. Let me say that one more time. Don't fight every battle, but fight the right battles. And the right battles are the battles that advance God's kingdom, not our agendas. Hello. I think that sometimes we, the church, Big C Church, Capital C Church, I think we get our agendas confused with God's kingdom. And we begin to fight battles that distract us off of our pee patch. We're not really standing for the things that God is standing for. We're standing for things that that traditionally we like. Whether those things be political things, cultural things, social things, you fill in the blank. You don't have to fight every battle, but you need to fight the right battles. And if I know one thing, I know this. I always have others inviting me to fight their battles. They're trying to get me off my pea patch to get onto their carrot patch. I'm not here to fight for carrots, I'm here to fight for my lentils because this is the life and provision of my people. And, and so don't let other people come along and tell you, well, you should be mad at them Democrats. You should be mad at those Republicans. Well, those independents, well, that congressman, well, this senator. Are y'all tracking with what I'm saying this morning? And pretty soon, we're all just worked up, right? We're just going uh, strangle somebody. I don't even know who it is. We spend more time mad at politicians than we do loving sinners into the kingdom of God. Politics is not the motivating factor of a kingdom Christian. The kingdom of God being made manifest on the earth is. It was so important to Jesus in Matthew 6. He even told us, pray the kingdom of God down. my Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's important to God that His kingdom is on earth. So don't let others tell you, come fight my battles. Come get mad about what I'm mad about. Sir, ma'am, stay focused. Don't be bullied off of your pea patch. Are you all still with me? Sometimes our fight is bigger than ourselves. We fight for others. We live in this individualistic culture that says you have to take care of yourself, you need to uh, just worry about you, forget my neighbor, forget my coworker, I I need to be happy with where I'm at, we become cynical of people who are different from us. Well, they don't talk like me, they don't look like me, they come from a different country, they don't vote like me, they don't share my same values, so we become cynical of others. The people you're cynical of are your mission filled. The people you're cynical of That's your pee patch. Come on now. That's our pee patch. Not everybody's supposed to be like you. But everybody's supposed to be invited into the kingdom of God. So I don't know. Today I'm going to fight for a generation of young people who are blinded. I I can separate my generation from their generation. And I can give you a list of 100 reasons why I think my generation's better. Many of you, your generation did it to my generation. Well, if they would just do it this way. It's only getting worse. But I'm going to fight for that generation. Because I think that generation is just a bunch of peas in a patch. And I think that generation can give life to the church. And I think that generation needs somebody to take the kingdom of God to them and love them and listen and to hear. I'm going to start fighting for my children. I want to fight for your children. I want to fight for your grandchildren. I want to fight for our children's children. I want to fight for things that advance the kingdom of God, things that move the needle forward. I don't want to just stand back and cross my arms and say, y'all jacked up this planet. (laughs) I'm not coming off my pee patch. I know what my pee patch is, and others are going to run, but I'm saying I'm going to fight. And lastly, and we'll wrap this up, reward. You have your resolve, you have your reason, and then there's the reward. Verse 13, it all ends... Shema defeats them all. But it says this, the Lord brought about a great victory. The Lord brought, listen, your job, stand your ground, defend the pea patch, but your reward is God making you victorious because He's always with you. You're not doing this by yourself. Proverbs says that He's an ever-present help in time of trouble. You're not in this alone. He's in your pea patch with you. Look at the Scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 4, 16-17. and 17. At my first defense, no one came to my support. Everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. And here it is. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. Whew. The Lord stood at my side. COVID, shmovid. God was standing by my side. Elections, God was standing by my side. Tension, mourning, family members, loved ones passing, it hurt, but God stood by my side. And I've learned that when you get that revelation, you can stand. When our eyes are on man and we want our reward from man, it's hard to stand. When we want affirmation from others around us, it's hard to stand. Listen, somebody saying to me, well done, good and faithful servant, doesn't carry the same weight as when God says it to me. right? Y'all with me? I'm not looking for my reward on this side of heaven, y'all. I'm not in this for this side of heaven. I'm in it for the other side. I'm in it for the crown that's laid up for me. I'm in it for the treasure of heaven when God says, I stood with you. Well done, good and faithful servants. I want to read this to you in closing, and we're done. This is something I found on the internet earlier this year, and, and it, just, it, it just rocks me. And it, I think we have it on the screen. Do we have this declaration? Is that, yeah. Follow along. I'm going to read this, okay? I get passionate about it. I don't even know who wrote it. It says this, I am part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have the Holy Spirit power. The die has been cast, and I have stepped over the line the decision has been made, I am a disciple of Jesus. I won't look back, let up, slow down, or back away, or be still. My past has been redeemed, my present makes sense, and my future is secure. I am finished and done with low living, walking by sight, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame visions, and mundane talking, stingy giving, and dwarfed goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, praise, or popularity. I don't have to be right, first, tops, recognized, praised, regarded, or rewarded. I now live by presence. I learn by faith. I love by patience. I live by prayer, and I labor by power. My face is set. My resolve is fierce. My goal is heaven, my road is narrow, and my way is rough. My companions may be few, I think he was standing in a patch, like Shema, nobody else around him, but my guide is reliable, my mission is clear, I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, diluted, or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of adversity, negotiate at the table of the enemy or ponder at the pool of popularity or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, let up, slow down until I have been preached up, prayed up, paid up, stored up, and stayed up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Christ. I must stand until he comes, serve all I can, preach all I know, love others relentlessly, and when he comes to get us all, he'll have no problem recognizing me because my colors are clear. To God be the glory. Because we stand in our pea patch in the middle of adversity. And we don't let the enemy bully us off of our assignment. This morning when you came in, you are given a little vial of black-eyed peas. I know some of you are already thinking about going home and putting them in the garden. (laughs) This is a reminder for you to know, what is my pea patch? Who are you standing for this morning? What is your assignment? I don't care where you put this. You keep it in your purse, your pocket, dash of your car, your kitchen counter. Every time you see this. I want you to be reminded, what is my assignment in the kingdom of God? What am I resolved to defend in the kingdom of God? And you hold, maybe you go home and get a, a sharpie and you write it on there. And let this be a reminder to you as kingdom Christians. Are you all with me? Kingdom Christians, your pea patch. Can we pray together? Lord. You have given us assignment. Lord, it's an honor to serve in your kingdom. It's an honor to come off of the benches, God, and to come out into the battle. And This morning on that assignment, God, I want to say we will not run. We will stand with your presence beside us, and we will fight against our enemies. We will defend our provision. We will defend the life source, and we will fight for others who do not know you. God, together as kingdom Christians, as We commit to unify, to love deeply, to love deeply, to seek out and go after those who are different from us, to be Jesus wherever we are, where those who do not know him will meet him. So unify your church, God. Let us stand in our pea patch. Let us identify and resolve until we wait for your reward. And all of God's people said. All of God's people said. Come on, give God a hand clap, everybody. Pastor John, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure and an honor to be down in Orlando with you guys. I love you. God be the glory.